0: Summer's here at last! And if you're a little like myself, chances are you also like liquid sunshine in a glass. So I am coming to you on today's episode with a tasting of four bourbons. Stay tuned! Did someone say that we should refrain from drinking whiskey at summertime? That whiskey is a drink that's too harsh, too coarse for summertime? On the contrary, I personally think that there are many, many whiskies that are perfect, yes, absolutely perfect in summer. And I think it's the case for bourbon. I really, really like sipping bourbon at summertime. The dryness that comes out of some of the best bourbon expressions go very, very well with the warm weather. I would never tell people what they should be drinking and when, but I would strongly suggest that you maybe refrain from drinking the heavier whiskies, like the peated stuff and the smoky stuff, during the summertime, and privilege something of a little bit more lighter character. And, you know, let's face it, during summer, we're much more laid back, and we try to be a little bit more relaxed, uh, and like with a, a more funky side to it. And this is where I think bourbon can play the right part. And especially the ones that have the warm feeling brought by the sweetness of the corn, but still have also a dryness on the palate that makes it... hmm, Just like liquid sunshine, as I was saying before. All bourbons are whiskies. But not all whiskies are bourbons! Bourbon can be produced in any state of the United States, but historically there is one state that has been the all-time biggest bourbon whiskey producer, and that is Kentucky. In fact, up until very recently, up to 95% of the bourbon that is produced was produced in kentucky and this is why we find the kentucky straight whiskey or the kentucky straight bourbon denominations in kentucky that oversee the production regulations of this kind of whiskey you see there are much more complex regulations than the basis ones but when it comes to bourbon, what you should remember is that the grain bill, so the mix of cereal that you are going to use to produce your bourbon must be made of at least 51% of maize. And the other thing is that the spirit that you're going to be Uh, wanting to become bourbon, will have to be matured for at least two years in new American oak barrels. This means also that these new barrels will have never contained anything else than the first maize spirit that you're going to be putting into it for it to become whiskey, namely bourbon, a few years later an interesting fact here is that it's because of bourbon which has to be matured only in new oak barrels that you will find many many whiskey expressions from all over the world that will have been matured or finished in ex-bourbon casks so because in the United States, when you make bourbon, you can use your casks only once. Then people from Scotland and from France and from Japan and like, name it, many, many more places will buy and use these casks again in the production of their own whiskies. A term that you are bound to encounter quite often with bourbon is proof. You will see this word preceded by a number on a lot of labels. This stands for proof of alcohol. This concept dates back to the 16th century in England, when spirits were taxed at different rates depending on their content in alcohol. Defining a spirit's proof of alcohol was then based upon its specific gravity. Similar terminology and methodology spread to other nations afterwards, the United States were no exception, as spirit distillation and taxation became common. Proof in the United States was defined by percent of alcohol rather than by specific gravity. A hundred proof corresponded to 50% of alcohol by volume. I have a selection of four bourbons right before me. So I have the Four Roses Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. I have the Old Granddad High Rye Mash Built Bonded Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. I have the Buffalo Trace Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey and I have the Eagle Rare 10 years old Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. So I will go with the first one, the Four Roses. It's golden very vibrant golden kind of shimmering golden I bring the glass to my nose not more than two seconds just to have a first idea of what it smells like you don't want to be burning your nostrils bring it again Hmm, I get a lot of vanilla, coconut, fruit of the orchards, like pear. And there's something herbaceous about it too. And at the end, you have this sweet corn character that comes back to the nose. I will take a first sip, keep it in my mouth for a few seconds. I've been swirling it around a little bit. Mm, what I get at first is the corn. Seems like it's a, a bit raw on the palate. And this kind of dryness that I was talking about In my introduction, Mm. you really can feel the warmth of the sunshine here. I get the vanilla and a slight bitterness. I will go in and take another sip. finish is really on the coconut. This is quite different to what that we're used to tasting. Cuz I get this kind of very very robust gingery feeling at the very end. This gives it quite a an outstanding character, I would say. Hmm, third sip. Very nice feeling overall. Hmm, it might not become my bourbon of choice. Um... I think I like it when it's a little bit more sweet than that but um, the dryness still lights my fire a lot here yeah I really like that hmm great so four roses Kentucky straight bourbon whiskey so we'll continue with the next one the old granddad high rye mash bill bonded Kentucky straight bourbon whiskey with an alcohol by volume of 50.6%. The high rye mash bill mentioned here on the label means that there can be up to 35% of rye in the grain bill that has been used to make the whiskey. And the fact that it is bonded refers to uh, the Bottle in Bond Act of 1897, which was ensuring the quality of the product, of the consumer. And so, uh, for a whiskey to be bonded, it had to be aged for a minimum of four years, made in only one distillery, in only one distilling season and had to be a hundred proof so 50% of alcohol by volume. Here if I look at what's on my glass it's golden with a copper accent, very nice But not as shimmery as was the Four Roses. I get a lot of vanilla on the nose, as well as a lot of spices. Cloves, ginger and nutmeg. Which are the uh, actual spices that you usually find in bourbon. And well... Cloves actually come a little bit more from the uh, the rye that's in the mash bill. That's part of the mash bill. I also get fresh McIntosh apple. So I'm going to dive right in and take a first sip. Oh, this one is a little bit more balanced than the first one that I tasted. mm and you know this kind of warm feeling that is brought on by the spices this is quite nice mm i get I get apple I still get apple, but this time it's cooked apple like. When you do an apple sauce, I get nuts, lots of nuts, hmm, white pepper, hmm, nice impression. This one has a little bit more personality than the first one. Wow. I would say it's a bit less robust than the first one. The Four Roses that was at 40% of alcohol by volume. Quite nice. I like it. Moving on to the next one. The Buffalo Trace Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Hmm. This one is copper with a a slight pink accent. Hmm. Looks like it has a bit of texture. I watch it slide along the glass and uh, the designs that the whiskey makes on the glass is quite beautiful actually. It's quite a spectacle. I love looking at that So oh Hmm first I get potpourri Rose violet and Slight lychee Wow surprising black chocolate, like dark chocolate, dates, dried figs, and something of maraschino cherry at the end. So I'm going to take a first sip. Very silky on the palate. I like that a lot. I get dark chocolate at first. Followed by slight peppery notes. Nuts. Like almonds. Mmm. And vanilla. Crystallized ginger. And a, a finish on brown sugar Wow it has been a while since I have had a sip of this bourbon I may have overlooked it a little bit because like it should be right now on my top shelf I think it's not gonna go back in the cupboard I'm gonna keep it like on hand Because I know I'm going to be wanting to drink some more of that later this week. Maybe at the cottage. I'm taking another sip. Oh, this brings back many, many, many very, very good memories. Hmm. Nights with friends. Very happy times. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go back to that. And moving on to the fourth one, the last one of my selection, the Eagle Rare Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey, 10 years old. This one is Dark Amber Oh, a little bit more of alcohol on the nose than the other ones. Maybe except for the old granddad with its uh, 50% of alcohol by volume. The Eagle Rare is, uh, let's see, 45%. So 90 proof. Hmm. I don't smell a lot of stuff. I think maybe this one has to breathe a little bit. Maybe I should add one or two drops of water also to help it develop. I'm going to do that. And we'll see what will happen. So putting in one drop, two drops. I'm going to swirl it around in my glass. See what's going to come up. I'll give it a few seconds, I'm giving it a little bit of air. Oh, California dried raisin. Hmm, that's what I get at the very first smell that I take. And then coconut cream pie, followed closely by a maraschino cherry. Hmm, seems to me like um, it's a little bit more complex than the other ones. Hmm, can't wait. I have to have a taste right now. Oh, the warmth from the corn and the spices. Very well balanced, more discreet That, let's say, in the old granddad. Mm, I get ginger at first. And also a hint of sage, which is not usual in bourbon. But wow, this has quite a good effect, I think. Still get lots of nuts. Toasted hazelnut, vanilla, and something with tropical fruits like pineapple. Pineapple accompanied with a slice of fresh coconut. The American oak that makes up the barrels in which the bourbons are maturing bring a lot of that uh, vanilla and coconut feeling that's where the whiskey gets it primarily and i get a finish on cocoa like powdered this is truly special i think the eagle rare is still my favorite one But as I said earlier, I will happily go back to the Buffalo Trace one. It just brings back so many good memories. And, um, wow, I hadn't tasted it in quite some time. And I really like what I get today, looking into it. Right. So, you know, it's all about just having a sip, seeing what it does to you what it it brings to all of your senses. And if you like the experience, well, you go for it. to an impromptu bourbon tasting to get the summer off to a tremendous start. Visit your local liquor stores, ask for your wine and spirits counselors' help if you feel that you need it. And I encourage you to take a chance on a bottle of bourbon, as it's not very expensive and will bring you a genuine experience every time. Go ahead, explore, and bring this other kind of sunshine into your afternoons and evenings. Whenever I drink bourbon, I can't help but think about the song Moon Over Bourbon Street from Sting and hear it playing in my head. Since I do not have the rights to play an excerpt from it, my artsy finale today will go like this. There's a moon over bourbon street tonight. I see faces as they pass beneath the pale lamp light. I've no choice but to follow that call. The bright lights, the people, and the moon and all. I pray every day to be strong. For I know what I do must be wrong. Oh, you'll never see my shade or hear the sound of my feet while there's a moon over Bourbon Street. Thank you for joining me today. I will be back soon with another episode. If you liked what you heard, I'd be grateful for you to subscribe to the podcast as it would help other listeners find it. Stay happy and safe. Cheers!